0: This is One Hate Minute.
1: Drop of a hat, these guys will rock and roll.
2: What's your name? Wayne Grove.
1: look like gang bangers, working the local 7-Eleven either. Robbery, homicides, take you. Give me
2: all you got! This and- Give me all
3: you got! I do what I do best it takes course. You do what you do best. I'm trying to stop
1: guys
0: like you. A podcast dedicated to all 170 minutes of Michael Mann's LA Crime Opus Heat 1 minute at a time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to One Heat Minute. I'm your host Blake Howard. Yes, this is of course the podcast that has already excavated Michael Mann's 1995 Crime Opus Heat, one minute of all 166 pre-credit minutes at a time. We've been back for a brief sojourn, if you like, into the world of literacy, and particularly often male literacy, uh, the world of Heat 2 Book Club, written by Michael Mann and Meg Gardner. We've done six parts of that, and as part of that conversation, I ask every single one of our guests to Fantasy Cast Me, this hypothetical Heat 2 movie. We've had a blast so far with two episodes. This is the final one featuring Justin Lieberman, Niall Schwartz, and my good friend Chris Tapley. All these guys I love dearly. Obviously, Justin Lieberman is an educator and a filmmaker, commercial director, terrific Michael Manhead, former assistant to the great man himself. Niles, author of Off the Map, Freedom and Control in Michael Mann's Public Enemies, a great film critic, though lapsed. Um, uh, but because he's a such a towering uh, healthcare professional these days, he's a found his calling somewhere else apart from being a cinephile and recovering journalist and just all round spotlight-level film and movie journalist, the great Chris Tappley joins me again so they can unpack it. So before we get to the show, huge thank you for all of your support. Thank you for listening and following us along. Uh, We are nearing 200 episodes of just our main show, One Heat Minute. Uh, When it does get to that 200, I think the show is going to shut its doors. So we've got a few more great bonus episodes to come, but we're edging closer to that very, very soon. So only a few things left, and we've... uh, got the whole back catalog check it out oneheatminute.com now without further ado let's get to our heat two fantasy casting with my fantasy cast of guests starting with justin lindman it's
1: tough man this has been keeping me up (laughs) um
0: all of my prepared so, and obsessive friends, I asked them this question, and they're like, Blake, it's been keeping me up at night. It's been keeping me up at yeah. night. Jesus Christ.
1: So, my one 100% no brainer is Colin Farrell as Nate. Wow. As Nate. Yeah, That's a great one. Nate. Colin Farrell. Haven't heard that yet. So, one thing is Nate's character, the image of Nate was based off of famed. Uh, bank, bank robber Eddie Bunker. Yes. So if you look up at right, I won't get into that. But look up Eddie, Eddie Bunker. Eddie Bunker, and He's in.
0: He's in Reservoir Dogs. You can see him in Reservoir Dogs. Dogs.
1: He wrote wrote the greatest book um, called. I keep it by my desk. Called No Beast So Fierce that yeah. Michael Mann, uncredited, adapted for Dustin Hoffman into my all time favorite movie called Straight Time. Um, so Nate is. The design of Nate is based off Eddie Bunker. And if you look at Nate's aesthetic, there is a very thin line between Nate's aesthetic and Colin Farrell's, Sonny Crockett's aesthetic.
0: Of course.
1: Same hairstyle, same kind same of sweaty, mode. unshaven face. So Colin Farrell as Nate, I just think is is done. <laughs> um, there's so much weight and gravitas. I mean, Nate was always one of my favorite characters a cause John Voight was one of the actors that I got to know. He was a dear friend of, still was a dear friend of Michael's. He was around mm-hmm. a lot. Um, and he was just such a, um, talk about a guy that was like personally so incredible. And now hearing like his views on politics is so batshit crazy. It's such a, mm-hmm. a complicated it's relationship, just, but he was, su- he was such an incredible actor and such an incredible person. Um, so I always love Nate. So Colin Farrell is Nate. Um, Okay, so Hannah, these are two actors that I do not particularly like. (laughs) When I see them in a movie, I do not go out and see them specifically. But you need somebody that goes big, that could live as loud as Pacino lived inside of Hannah. And the person I kept coming back to was Jared Leto.
2: Never confuse shit with chocolate. They may look the same, but the taste,
1: very different. Trust me, I know. Oh
0: my God.
1: Again, I, I don't love him as an wow. actor, but just think about, I wonder what he could do with it. I just, I wonder what he could do with that. He's getting of age. I wonder if he, if he settles into that a little bit and just becomes this character, if he could do it again, I don't know if I'm rushing out to see that movie.
0: I, I, that would be a tough hang for me. I'm not a huge fan of him as a performer, but um, all all I immediately thought of was, I just got his like reflexive um, house of Gucci.
1: I just got that totally. stupid. Well, totally, and, and you, you, you need somebody. You know, I think somebody like John Bernthal is a little too masculine, a little too Herculean in his performance yes. and the way he carries himself. But that vibe. Another person I kept coming back to, where I was like, why the fuck not? Fucking give it to Leo. Yeah, just give it to Leo. Just give it to Leo. Let Leo yeah. fucking be. A badass LAPD
0: cop or, or like what give, what are we doing Leo, here? Why are we overthinking? Give Leo, this? Give Leo De Niro. Give Leo give, De Niro.
1: Yeah. Like, now so me. my do so here's my question for you is do we need do we need that backstory in the film? Could the film just be that part six? Wow. I don't know if we need the Mexico stuff. I got to be in a film. He's get, he's going to,
0: you he's know, going he's go, yeah. he's he's going to because that's a that's yeah. the that's an action centerpiece. That's that's like the that's like
1: the. I know, but doesn't shooter. involve Hannah. Doesn't involve Hannah. But
0: he'll. That's why it's so important to have Neil. Like he's going to have Neil. He's yeah. going to have Chris. It's going to have Wardell. It's going to be like his version of uh, you know, like kind of Three Ten to Yuma or My Darling Clementine. Yeah. Like it's like a, sh- a proper Western yeah. shootout. He's going to have a shootout. Yeah, in I mean,
1: I, yeah, I see. I just, I get hung up on on uh, Hannah and he's so absent from that chapter, from that section. Yes. that that's a big chunk of a movie that doesn't have, you know, arguably the, the star of it um, because at yeah, the I end think, of the movie, Neil wasn't there, obviously.
0: I think they're going to have to mash two and four together in some yeah. way, right? Like have yeah, them okay. happening at the same yeah. time because then they ultimately climax with Hannah finding Hannah finding Wardell and then Wardell screwing up the plan. So I, I think that
4: that's, that's yeah. Important. I kind of thought it'd
1: be just one, all of one with him doing the, yeah. the, the, the work, but so Leo, yeah, Leo, give it, give Leo Neal or Hannah either one. but let's just give it to Leo. Let's not overthink <laughs> it. Um, and then, you know, Chris Scheherlis, um you know, you've said it before, but Val was such a specific thing. He was so beautiful and masculine and strong and smart and cunning. You know, I don't know him. I know him from everybody wants some and Maverick certainly, but I think maybe Glenn Powell is, 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 is carrying that torch a little bit. I, I don't know. See, I am one to Finn, and I'd like to say hello. Play little thing To the black, black to the right, white, the, the, the red, and brown, the, the brown, brown the, the, the brown, purple, and yellow. yellow. Yeah. First, yeah. I got a bang,
5: bang, bang. A boogie to the boogie, say don't jump. the boogie to the bang, bang, boogie. Let's rock.
4: You don't, don't stop. Rock the rhythm, that'll make your body rock. Now, it's so you've heard my voice but i brought two friends along what and man. next on the mic is my man rope come on go yeah. sing that song check it out i'm the C-A-S-S-N, the o-v-a yeah. and the rest is f-l-y you uh-huh. see i go by the code of the doctor of the mix needs reasons and i'll tell you why <laughs> you see i'm six foot one and, and i'm tons of born, fun, and i dress to a t See, I got more clothes than Muhammad Ali, and I dress so viciously.
1: I got bodyguards, I
4: got two big cars, it definitely ain't the, the way. Tell me down. I got a Lincoln Continental fan, a sunroof Cadillac. Uh. So after school, I take a, take a dip in and a pool, pool. which is really on the wall. I got a color TV, so I can see the Knicks playing basketball.
0: The Glen Powell hive is rising up, Justin, and I, I, I don't disagree. I think he's he's yeah i don't know certainly he's certainly beautiful and he's definitely committed and i feel like him working with michael mann you know the thing about glenn powell he's got such a great relationship with cruz because cruz is so invested in his career as an actor Mm -hmm. and is like he really you know cruz has taken this beautiful mentoring relationship seemingly with everyone in the cast of top gun maverick because of how you know they're like a family and he's taking a big interest in miles and taking a huge interest in glenn powell and they're like pushing him to be the kind of to start falling in line and you can imagine that if he gets a call to say should i audition for you know for heat two tom cruise is going to go and work with michael Mann. of course that's you want my career you go play the bad guy well who is essentially the bad guy in a michael mann movie like it just feels like it's predestined and i don't think you're wrong
1: you know, one of the things that, and not to end on a sour note, but I was lamenting as, as I was doing this mental exercise was just on how few stars we have right now. You know, the list was pretty, pretty short, you know, the people that I was really going through. And, um, and at you that know, age. is there a world? And that, yeah, and that, exactly. That age. You know, is there a world where Downey Jr. could be Hannah? You know, I don't know. Is there a Ruffalo could be Hannah? Like maybe, but they, they you know, you're talking about fucking filling out Pacino's shoes. That's why again I'm not a Jared Leto fan but he, it's you need somebody that understands how big of a character that is and yeah. I just don't see those actors out there the way that uh, I wish I did you know
6: You have to think that you know you have to do what De Niro did uh with Godfather 2 and He makes, it. he doesn't, he's not doing a brand new impression. He's doing Robert De Niro's Vito Corleone, which has the anxiety of influence there, but he transcends it. I don't, and and that's more difficult because that was only a two year difference, 1972 and 74. And this is, you know, almost 30 years later and this, this is a classic movie. And I guess it's like the equivalent of you're playing Bogart or something. Uh
3: or
0: yeah. that that's your- my example to everyone when people like particularly lunatic Star Wars fans. Yeah. They're like, How could we? How could we recast? I'm like, You think it was easy for Robert De Niro to play Brando? Do you think that was easy in the same universe two years after one of the most influential films had, had ever been made? in the yeah. United States and the world. I think it was a easy. I mean, I know that Robert De Niro is that's ultimately one of the reasons that makes him one of the most special performers that has ever walked the face of the earth. But he did it. It can be yeah, done
6: not to be a star Wars nerd here, but I think Ewan McGregor is a good example of someone who may have done it too. Yeah. I I mean, like uh, he's the best thing about the the prequel.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And so Ewan, Ewan doing that is totally fine. It was, I just remember when they were talking about Carrie Fisher and things being ruined. And, you know, I was always like with the greatest respect, and this is kind of us um, maybe being a bit more cinephiles. It's like, Postcards from the Edge, which is an adaptation of a Carrie Fisher book, Meryl Streep plays her. I'm like, did someone pick the phone up to Meryl and say, hey, do you want to play General Leia? Like, she would have done it. Yeah. Why ruin it with really tacky shitbag CGI? You know, like, it can be done. We don't, and also, there's no way in hell these octogenarian guys with their octogenarian director can come back and be these characters again. It's not possible.
6: No. Uh, and I say this as a, you know, a big Irishman fan, you know, but there it kind of works because dying and pull to the ground is part of the text as far yes. as, yes, uh, but what we talked about, Colin Farrell earlier, Colin Farrell is someone who I think could do that. Colin Farrell, when he played Sonny Crockett was not playing Don Johnson. He was playing a character that you can compare to, Hannah or, Maca- or Macaulay, but he was playing Colin Farrell's Sonny Crockett in Michael Mann's Miami Vice Circuit 2006, and it was perfect. um I think, you know, Will Smith playing Muhammad Ali, that is one of the biggest challenges you could think of. And I, you know, because he's playing a guy who's larger than life. Playing the
0: I- icon, I think it's his best performance, hands down. Yeah,
6: Will Smith. Totally, totally pulls it off, and you know, in retrospect, I would have given him all the awards and stuff. I know that when it came out, people were kind of lukewarm on the film, but uh, time has borne out that
0: uh, Ali actually fucking rules, (laughs) Uh, rules top to bottom, top to bottom. Everyone in the movie is great. He's phenomenal. It's it it actually it it makes it makes his other performances. It you know, it's like King Richard. With the greatest respect, that performance doesn't shine his shoes as Ali.
6: Mm-hmm. It's not I, the I, one. I would also, I was also thinking of like Ethan Hawke as Nate, or Russell Crowe as Nate, mm. uh, Adam Driver as Kelso. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, there there are guys like you know Jeremy Strong and. John Bernthal, even though I think he and Michael Mann, Michael Mann, offended him during the Public Enemies casting sessions. I guess Oscar Isaac, um, Stephen Graham, who's worked with Mann, who played Babyface Nelson, Bobby Cannavale. Um, when it comes to oh, uh, you know, there's when it comes to okay, Chris. You could say, okay, Robert Pattinson. Oh,
2: Robert Pattinson for Chris. Just asking you a question. Why you gotta be such a fucking little prick all the time, man? Look at you. Look at you. You're drunk as shit. Now you want to get real with me? Don't fucking flatter yourself, bro. I'm not
5: trying to get real with you. You know what? I'm fucking real. I'm trying to talk to you, all right?
0: Go fuck yourself, man. think you're better than me.
5: I
2: am better than you. You're, you're, you're an ignorant fuck, bro. <laughs> no one's better than any next man, all right? You don't know me from Adam. The second you got here, went to the booze, and you got fucked up, but that's
0: fine. So that's, that's, who, that's, work, that's who. That's that's who. That's just who you are. You're a fuck-up. That's I don't care. Okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I don't give a
2: shit. You shouldn't give a shit. Who gives a shit? I, I definitely don't give a shit. Look, losers like you're incapable of taking care of themselves. You're either leeching off mommy or leeching off welfare or living off the government in jail. All that's right. you. You don't know the first thing
6: about me. Uh... Alden Ehrenreich. Oh, I know, Aldi. That's the uh, very, very
0: Harrison Ford looking
6: man. Alden Ehrenreich is someone who should have become a movie star. He was terrific in Coppola's Tetro. He was amazing in the Coen Brothers' Hail Caesar. I thought he was very good in Warren Beatty's Rules Don't Apply uh, film, which I am a stan, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, he played Han Solo, of course, but he never really you know he didn't have the hit to make all you know to make him a movie star but i think he should be and i would put him in contention the third person is very is more problematic because he's problematic uh but i was thinking of him because of tokyo vice and that's ansel Elgort. yeah and i would not have said that before you know i i actually thought he was fine in west side story but when i saw tokyo vice i was kind of taken aback by how impressive he was and that's an example of you know i think someone working with you know when i think about the pilot to tokyo by someone working with a, a good director and uh, you're able to mold a specific character and that's you know think about not to compare Ansel Elgort to Day Lewis but when daniel day lewis played hawkeye I remember he was you know the twit in room with a view and uh, you know a Debonair surgeon and unbearable lightness of being, and the, the gay punk and my beautiful laundrette, and then of course uh, a guy with cerebral palsy, Christy Brown, and uh, my left foot, and then last of the Mohicans, he's playing the epitome of husky masculinity. You know, <laughs> very. It, it came out of nowhere. Um, so I would submit those three guys um, in my. Kind of wish casting for Chris Hurlis. I know a lot of people have said Hemsworth, I'm not sold on that. Um, and I know, he, you know he's playing a hacker and so on and so forth. But I, I mean, there's a lot of you could think, you're thinking about Daniel Kahlua as, say, Drucker, for example. Drucker is obviously a character who man's thinking a lot about. And I think at the end he sets it up so that you know, Drucker's the one who says about Chris, I'm going to get you. Um, but we'll see, or we won't see. This is enough. <laughs> um, well,
0: it's in that spirit. I'm going to start saying it. People aren't going to hear this until the show's recorded, but I'm, this is the last dance that I have with my favorite the- text. This is the end of one heat minute, not productions because we're going to move on to other things, but I'm officially retiring my spoken opinion about my favorite thing.
6: (laughs) That's sad, but it necessary.
0: Yeah. I think this is my last dance. It's, it's uh, it means more to me than any other film ever, mainly because of the, people like you in my life that I have now because of this project this campfire and we'll continue to build other campfires but I think I I want to I never want to I never want my opinion of my favorite thing to become work I don't even want to feel like it is and I'll say as well and and I'll sort of reinforce it the more that I talk to new guests if there is a heat too there won't. I won't continue the show. I'm not gonna do the movie. I'm. I'm not gonna do a minute of the movie. It's not. No. Even knowing Michael Mann, probably talk about it, but I'm not talking about heat. I may not even talk about heat too. I May have to just abandon it altogether. I don't know. I don't know yet. But it just feels like, after talking about this book and gathering the crew that we're going to talk about with the book, and feels like the right time. It feels like. It feels like we've. It feels like we've said, we've, we've, we've been to this church and the shrine of one heat minute exists. Yeah. And it feels like it's time.
6: You got to let go like, you know, Charlene and Chris, I mean, you just kind of,
0: yeah, I've got to, I've just got to, (laughs)
3: I've
0: got to, I've got to to fold. It's time to fold. It's time to get away. Cause otherwise I'm just, I'm, if I just keep going back making time, I'm going to end up dead in that airport and look that might be good too <laughs> that might be good too
6: but yeah your ground zero is your terminal destination is lax i see it now but you yeah. i mean you have opened up so many other texts in the interim whether it's you know zodiac or miami vice or uh, uh, president's men and so on and so forth and now master and commander so there's a lot of don't ever quit doing what you're doing, but you don't have to do. You, you can no. turn down. The, no, turn on the. You know
0: that that that's that's what I would say. Well, firstly, thank you for that love, those kind words. I'm not going to stop doing what we're doing. There's, we've got other projects coming down the pipe. I'm excited about Master and Commander. Um, uh, to, to talk to a few more people to gather some more info on that and to work really hard to make that happen and it's going to happen. And, you know, I've been sitting on this chest of great interviews with great people that I have been holding off for uh, one Russell Crowe and I'm now not waiting anymore. It's happening with or without Captain Jack and maybe it would be better without him. Um, And so <laughs> um, I'm not going to stop doing what I'm doing because this is my way that I engage with, you know, movie culture. This is how I, this is how I do it. But I see myself I want to keep this most sacred thing sacred. Now it's, yeah. it's, it's been done. It's there. It exists.
6: Well, I'm, 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 I'm blessed to have been a part of it, I think. And, uh... and
0: I am blessed that you were a part of it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. It's been fun talking to you about this book. It is certainly a page turner. And now I'm, diving into it. And, uh, there are a few people who are like, you're going to do a page at a time. And those people are insane. Oh my God. Are you crazy? Those people are insane. I'm like, <laughs> no, I need to live. I need to have a life. I can't No, it's not happening. Um, but I, but I'm looking forward to seeing if Michael Mann can make this happen. And I think if anyone's will can do it, it's him. And you know, what do they say when you're getting older? It's like those people who retire, you die. And I feel like Michael Mann is that kind of I think that's
6: what keeps a lot of these guys young, whether it's him or Scorsese. Certainly, I think it's kept, you know, Coppola going. You know, Clint Eastwood is still making.
0: he's Clint Eastwood still having threesomes in movies. He's
6: like ninety. He's doing the transcendental meditation. (laughs) And David Lynch and Clint and Scorsese does it too, I guess. But you know, the thing is, is that this was a number one New York Times bestseller, and once upon a time, in movie land that would mean that you have a movie especially for a first-time author yeah you get i mean thinking of whether it's stephen king or tom clancy hunt for red october or uh john grisham with the firm and then the pelican brief and the client and so on and so forth and robert james waller the bridges of madison county you know you write a best-selling book that means that yeah let's sign the deal and i'm not sure uh, i think that the reason why man started michael man books was so he could be in the kind of michael tolkien robert altman the player sense a player because it's a means to you know get arouse audience and studio interest whether that's Heat too or hunting larue or whatever don winslow is doing for him and i'm happy that this and, and i was surprised that it was a number one bestseller Uh, and maybe if anything, that's the means by which he'll get something made because I mean, he's had so many films in development that uh, just you'll never green lit.
0: You will never, no one will ever be able to convince me that this wasn't one of the most ingenious ways to prove a concept. Yeah. He has been, you know, right around the time that we even started one heat minute man was already developing heat Two And was probably saying this movie has resonance. This movie has impact. This movie deserves to have a sequel, you know, a legacy sequel. And probably at the time he was developing, it it was almost close enough that he was maybe thinking about having, you know, Pacino and uh, as the older, you know, some of these actors portray their yeah. older selves and you know all this time he's sort of been saying it and then it was like well i'm going to prove to you that this text has resonance and how do you do that well rather than writing a script you get a crime writer to help you structurally develop this as you i think so perfectly articulated it the sequel prequel appendices the, the best appendix ever and you go i'm going to put it out there and millions of people are going to buy a copy yeah, and And... it's going to be the number one book of the year as far as sales. And he was right. And it was almost like going, so here's the book. I basically have a script. I'm sure there's a script. I'm sure he has a script that has like been working in parallel with this thing. All the research for the book is like pre-production and he would have like mountains of dossiers and things of projects that didn't actually go together. And and, and so I feel like it's that this is the thing that I've, has always shocked me is like on Netflix, they're paying hundreds of millions of dollars for some Russo brothers garbage. You can't throw Michael Mann a hundred mil to just do whatever he wants for a couple of years. Yeah. Blackout was the top in the top 10 on Netflix when it was released on Netflix for like three months. It's the worst man movie. It's still a good movie, but it's the worst of all the man movies. Like, so yeah i just it's it's really fascinating to me that it's taken this long but i'm glad that finally we're here
6: and uh, i th- then the studio head in me thinks you know god damn it michael why did you have to set this in the year 2000 because it's already a period piece I- i'm thinking of like the, the godfather uh show you know that the, the offer i just listened to you and burns like an old episode talking about <laughs> Which, and The Offer is like an embarrassing, ridiculous, but really watchable show. And I had some fun watching it. And by the way, I think Matthew Good is someone that, the guy who plays Robert Evans. Yeah. Would put him in the mix for uh, somebody. I don't know, Chris or Vince. I don't know. He's fantastic in The Offer. But I'm just, again, I think, you know, film directing is hard, but as the character that Hoffman, Dustin Hoffman plays who's sort of based on Robert Evans and Wag the Dog points out, you know, no one talks about producing and producing, working out schedules and the logistics and salaries and casting and catering and all that other kind of stuff. That's when I think about whatever movie Heat 2 is going would be, it's uh <laughs>
0: Yeah, that it, it's a headache and also, you know, even on the most micro scale that I can understand it, knowing podcasts like booking guests, getting things prepared, you know, yeah. making sure that you can develop something like producing what we produce. It's like the logistics is half the battle. Planning, scheduling, making sure that you can get availabilities across time zones, you know, making sure yeah. you have access to materials. You know, it's it's inc- yeah, it's it's going to be a behemoth, but I think it's possible. I'll
6: 2000- a man factor where you have like helicopters oh. everywhere and <laughs> it's gonna be nuts.
0: It's gonna be insane.
6: Uh, but I'm but, looking forward uh, to it. Yeah, I wish him the very best and I I at, at the very least, you know, I I'm happy that he's still going. Because I don't know. Our dads are dying, and I'm not really sure how I feel about the next generation, at
1: least
5: in terms of what they're able to do. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com.
3: I'll start with neil and i he's probably the one I, I feel strongest about people might think this isn't great because you get into ages and things like that but de niro was 50 when they made heat so you gotta go back what uh someone has years.
0: yeah someone has to play seven years earlier and that seven yeah. years earlier than fifty. So yeah, forties between forty it's, and fifty.
3: To me, it's the guy who already played Robert De Niro once this year in the Batman. <laughs> Colin Farrell, man, it's got to be Colin Farrell. I, I, I think I, he's got all the heart that's necessary for this role. For for that for that moment, those moments with Gabriella and her mom, and just all of that. But he's also just he's got the look. You know, throw that beauty mark on him.
0: I would. <laughs> I I would love to see Farrell back. You know how much we get excited when Michael Mann uses someone again, the Barry Shabaka Hanley's, the John Ortiz's. I'm yeah. so excited about the prospect of, of Colin Farrell. Cause I agree. There's literally nothing Colin Farrell can't do. And him working with man again, like he knows the man. He's already delivered like an iconic performance in a man movie. And, and he already had the pressure of like following Don Johnson. So I, I don't disagree. I think that's a, I would, I, I can see Colin Farrell picking up either of those guys, but I think he's absolutely could do a kneel. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Money. Only then do we call in the dope and somebody from your side can go look at the product. The money's right here. So send somebody over. Can't find the shooter. Where's your? Right here. And I brought your friend. Oye, hermano, she mine now. Jesus gave her to me to ask questions and find out interesting things. We a couple now. After work, she and me go catch a movie and grab a bite. When I get tired, I throw her away. Her leg in one place, her head someplace else. Did you guys ever see that? Anyway, she here now to make sure everything go right.
4: Still no shooter.
1: My guy, show him the money.
2: I don't want him. Why? What difference does it make, Sonny? Listen to me, asshole. I do not want that motherfucker near me. You want to see her dope? You send Isabella. Where it travels.
3: Hannah's hard for some reason so to, hard. To, to, to nail down. Um, I don't. I didn't do this by going to the Michael Manuel of actors he's worked with, but I did feel something around uh, Adrian Brody. Yeah. Mm. Um, uh, not Adrian Brody. Sorry, I, I I landed on Adrian Brody ultimately, but I I was thinking Adam Driver, yeah, for a while, but I landed on Adrian Brody. Um, so basically, one of those two, um, I think, could be interesting for for Hannah.
4: And you had trouble? It's good to see me. He's just came from Paris, eh?
5: You know Paris. I left Paris in a couple truck.
3: Um, Chris, hairless Hemsworth.
0: Hemsworth. You think Hemsworth? Yeah,
3: I'm. Sta- I'm staying in the man again, just by by pure coincidence. But I'm staying in the man. Well, here. Yeah, I mean, he he can do it. He's got the look. Um, he can. I don't know how massive he is right now for the whole Kogan shit he was gonna do, and certainly he was huge in Thor. But he's a lean,
0: he he's a lean guy. Down. Yeah, he's yeah, a lean, yeah. like he, he works so hard to stay big, he works hard yeah. to stay big. But if that guy just like stayed in his beautiful palatial Bondi seaside mansion and just surfed and ran mm-hmm. and just did his you know fitness app, you know, he, he'd be he'd be fine. He, yeah. he he could totally do it. Yeah, he's the ha-
3: the hair. You know, he can. Oh, uh, he it can out. do
0: long hair. He can do the short hair. He's always going to look hot. Yeah, he needs Chris has to be hot. So I don't disagree. And it's a simpler accent see. for him to do L.A. I uh, he's forties. It's like forty
3: two. Yeah, thirty nine. Thirty nine. I just okay. want to see how much that's going to get me in trouble when I when I give my my pick for Charlene. Okay, yeah, dicey, but. <laughs> Also, also, my pick for Charlene is more age appropriate for her than Chris is age appropriate for because he's got to play somebody who's playing him young and, and then old. older. Yeah. So like, it, it works. Charlene was hard, man. Um, I, I kind of ended up on Haley Steinfeld. Yeah. yeah. Um She's, she, you know, she's beautiful. She kind of strikes an Ashley Judd visage in a way. Yes. Um. And and I think she's a great actress. So I, I think that I would love to see somebody like her work with Michael Mann. So. I
0: would want to see Haley Steinfeld do lots of Ashley Judd kind of performances. Because yeah. now she's like a pop star as well. But like she's a amazing. Yeah. Like true grit. Come on. She's so she's fantastic. Good. She's so good.
2: Midland and 10 for ordinary. We got most of ours out early. Sold to the Woodson Brothers in Little Rock for 11 cents.
3: And I suggest you take the balance of it to the Woodson brothers. We took the balance to Woodson. We got ten and a half. Why'd you come here to tell me this?
0: Oh, I thought we might shop around up here next year, but I guess we're doing all right in Little Rock. I'm Maddie Ross. Daughter of Frank Ross. In a movie that has Matt Damon's best performance, with all these guys, Barry Pepper, Josh Brolin, like, and of course Jeff Bridges.
3: She is so yeah. she's so formidable. Tough. She's unflappable. Yeah. yeah. Tough. She'd be great, and that's what you got to be—is tough to play this character. Yeah, you know, like that. Even what she who she is. Um, Casals—it's yeah, hard. Um, I went with I I don't know a lot of Native American actors. I went with Tatanka Memes. Um, mm. cer- certainly would be interesting to have
0: another means you know,
3: in a yeah. Man. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and, and also uh, carrying on a West Studi role, uh, just having means and studi kind of yeah, <laughs> together in this kind of character would be kind of neat. So, yeah, There's... uh, Elisa was Gabriella's mother, uh, Eva Mendez,
0: yeah, of course, that's the first thing yeah. I thought of. She doesn't work a lot, and she she she's a person who's like, Oh, I'm, I'm frustrated that there's not any like really cool. There's not some great roles. And I'm like, get Eva Mendes into a Michael Mann movie and get her get going.
3: Yeah. It's a good role. Really good. Kn- knows the score. You yeah. know, uh, the stuff with her and her daughter would be fantastic. Oh, the
0: house scene, the ha- that one house yeah. scene where she protects her. Insane.
3: Yeah. Insane. Uh, Gabriela, uh, Jenna Ortega seems just made for this. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, Really good in uh, Wednesday, by the way. Um, Kelso. <laughs> so fun how much he's used in this story. Uh, I how, think how, how much a part of the is, sort of the, fabric of everything he becomes.
0: This is the only thing that I have to say. Why can't we just, this is, I'll accept one digitally deaged person. Can we digitally deage Tom Noonan? He's sitting down. Like he's just got to <laughs> give him a colored beard, shave his head. Let's keep him. Let's keep him, Chris. But, but 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 then but then you wouldn't be able to,
3: to cast uh, the, this fantastic actor that I'm going to bring up. Oh please, uh, My- Michael Shannon.
1: Mm.
0: <laughs> yes, you can see it. But you know, this is the thing about Michael Shannon. I think Michael Shannon could play Nate as well. Michael Shannon could. could play Kelso or yeah. Nate. He's fantastic because you know he'd be. I he would be unflappable. Haywire. I love Michael Shannon. That's great.
3: I love that. I want a little haywire on Nate. Um, I went with Taylor Kitsch. <laughs> I like. Lo- you know what? It's Taylor strange. Kitsch- Kitsch- it, I, I feel like he could do that and be Taylor- interesting. Taylor
0: Kitsch is a guy that I've also been thinking about, Chris, because he's got some miles on him. He's got some miles. He he's, he's 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 maybe not as formidable as a uh, as a Hemsworth as Chris, but I I. I believe like I believe that's the thing that even when he was like a young man in Friday night lights, he just had this world weariness that I think is so special in the Chris character thinking about this story specifically, but yeah, he could, oh, he could do that. He'd have a ball doing that. Get some of that Matthew McConaughey, true detective, get there, get those hairstylists and beautiful makeup artists. (laughs) They unbelievable. Get some of those. Yeah, absolutely.
3: Yeah. And as far as carrying somebody over, I wouldn't even de-age him. uh, Bring Tom Tom Sizemore back, man. Fuck it. (laughs) This dude was just just born with a five o'clock shadow. So like, (laughs) screw it. Just like, (laughs) bring him back. I never came up with anybody for Cerrito. I don't know. Um, I'm sure there's some plenty of options. uh, What about Wardell? Yeah. What about Wardell? Again, I, I don't know who this guy is. I just have that picture in my head. Um, we, we there's not even a race ascribed to this guy by the way is there no there's one person kinda, who is in the main. I mean, I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell you i'll tell, I'll, I'll tell you who I, who I landed on steven dorf
0: yeah love dorf he's terrific yeah but what do you think i was thinking just because of his size and i know that the age might be screwy i think you're more spot on with ages but He's already played a man character and a man bad guy. Um, he played Sadak in Black Hat. Yorick Vang oh, Van, uh it's Vag Vageningen Vageningen. <laughs> I've got to pronounce that yeah. wrong. I know I've butchered that. But I when I kept Dragon thinking, Tattoo guy. Dragon tattoo guy, I just kept thinking, yeah. and he's in a terrific um Emilio his movie called The Way. He he's got a He's, he's big and burly, you know, Wayne goes uh-huh. smaller. Like I just like the idea when I was picturing Waddell, the one difference that I had in my mind that he was big, that he was, and this guy in a room with like small bossing around small lackeys and prostitutes and stuff and being like really malicious and dark and, you know, home invading people's houses and just being this towering figure. I just kept thinking of Yorick because he's so, yeah. he's got a sweetness, which you know tweaks to that whole screw loose thing but he can get as dark as they get and i think
3: he's yeah he's terrific well only thing about him is it i don't i don't get chilly i don't get chilly vibes from from wardell you know there's something chilly and you know fucking dutch about the guy you're talking about and wardell is just like a cokehead like there's just a whole other energy that that's why i kind of landed on a dwarf type stringy hair sort of guy Something love like to, that, I love. But again, dwarf. who knows? Who knows what this will be? I mean, I'd like to just—that's actually a question I would ask Michael Mann straight up. Like, what do you picture? Don't tell me an actor or anything. Just like, because he never gets really descriptive about him, does he? It's Like, like one like, of the few. He's he, no, nah, he's, he's he, he kind of shies he, away from that.
0: He doesn't, and I think in all the characters, he's. Reticent to go like too deep, he doesn't go too deep in like this is exactly you know facial features this and that. He kind of that's something he just. What else a bit of a, a mystery yeah. as to who he could be. Maybe
3: that it's probably, said, he does have some great some great physical descriptions in the book. I, I, there was one more I wrote down here on four twenty seven. He's talking about that fence that they go to, you know, yeah. um and and he's talking about like the nicotine tinged air and stuff <laughs> yeah. like this. And he says his yellow. Gaia blouses over a bowling ball stomach. Like, <laughs> got it. Know exactly what you're talking about. He talks about his hair and how it just for fences. <laughs> 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 that cracked me up. But yeah, I mean, Wardell, you could go a million different ways. But my my number one, like, got to have it is is Colin Farrell. Yeah. He can do it. And he's having his moment again. And... You know, he's, he's going to get this nomination for Banties of Sharon, which is fantastic, by the way. Um, and, uh, you know, he had his big Batman moment and it's going to be in that Batman series, I think. So not that Colin Farrell was in any you know danger of slipping off the mat, but like he's coming back stronger now lately. So I think he'd be a big get for something like this.
0: He'd be so. a behemoth. And yeah. can I just say, God, I would love the press tour, the chatter around it. I would love it because everyone would be asking about Miami Vice 2. My- yeah, oh, there you go. <laughs> That's all. Absolutely. Like, if there's anything that I want, is just the people going, all right, now you've done this, Miami Vice 2. When's it going to happen, Michael? When's it
3: gonna he's happen? like, let me get through this sequel first. Jesus.
0: <laughs> Man, that'll be a casting announcement. that would mm-hmm. be a day because he's finished filming Ferrari. It's
3: coming out. It's happening. Mm -hmm. And then he better whip this together, man. He's not getting younger. No, that's the thing. And this will be a like,
0: I mean, they shot the original heat in six months, but you imagine that this will probably be a, you know, six to eight month shoot um, to get everything done. he has got to go
3: far more places than just LA for this one. So
0: yeah, it's got to, he has got to be on
3: the
0: the Mexicali border and then he's got to go across. Yeah. It's a big, it's a, it's an ambitious thing. And then they've got to do the like bounce arounds to do those interstitials yeah. and find those places. Yeah, it's a big it's a big undertaking.
3: Big bigger art department this time too, because he's gonna have to do period it's all period ultimately, really. I mean, yeah. because nothing's taking place now. So well yeah, especially
0: uh, like even if you go down to um Seattle del Este, you've got to get contemporary mobile phones out of people's hands and you've got to try and have some semblance of the same cars and you've got to have that sort of stuff. And I think it's even harder when you go to like Southeast Asian countries because they look, you know, five years in a Southeast Asian booming economy. The city Mm -hmm. looks drastically different. You've got to go to places that look Mm -hmm. completely different to like, or like when was this built? Okay. It was built in nineties. Oh, yep. Yep. yep, It still exists. Okay. We're going to shoot here. I can't shoot this skyline because that wasn't there. And you know that he's going to ask those questions. Was that skyline Mm -hmm. there in 95 or sorry. Was that skyline there in the 2000? No. Okay, fine.
3: Yep. Yep.
0: Oh, I'm man. ready, man.
3: It better be the next thing he does. I don't want to hear any other bullshit. Yeah, I mean he's executive
0: producing Tokyo Vice 2, so that's about the only other thing that's on his plate. He doesn't have to direct that though.
3: I don't even think that's on his plate at this point. No.
0: I think he'll, his name he'll, is on his it. His name's on it. That's yeah. that,
3: man.
0: It's done. <laughs> it's kind of like the you know, the, those those directors that come in and direct the first episode of a series and they just bounce. But he was yeah. very much in the development of that. But I think now it's like, no, I've set the template. Go
3: mm-hmm. off and do it. Absolutely. Well, who just... would we produce? I've been working with John Lesher lately. I think lescher's doing Ferrari.
0: Yeah, I think so. It's whoever the producer is. They have to be someone who is an absolute beast at scheduling, because they're going to have it's going to be really hard to decide whether they're shooting all the con- more contemporary stuff first and then going back and then prepping all like, he's going to want weapons training. He's going to want all that stuff. Over this is going to be
3: like the most prestigious gig out there when they start putting this thing together. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm not going to give a shit about any other movie. Like, it's going to be the first time in a long time that I've just been like on, on tender hooks, like, what's the next announcement? What's the, you know, and people are just going to be dying to be a part of it. To get Dante to shoot it again. I hope so, but he's using Eric Messerschmidt for this one.
0: Yeah. I hope, That's he uses, I hope he uses Dante. Dante, Spinotti and LA light. Very special.
3: I hope so. I do know who else he could get that would, that would, you know, I mean, I don't know. Well, I wouldn't stunt it there though. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go for like, let's work with with Lubeski again or something because that gets to be a little. Guys like you and me, we see a Spinoza movie, we're like, that's Dante Spinoza movie. But not most people. I think. I think there's something about like a Lubeski movie where it's so clearly an aesthetic of that cinematographer, and I don't want that on a movie like this. Nah. You know what I mean? Something that feels like an override almost. And even the stuff they did together on Ali, it doesn't really feel like a, a Lubezki movie per se, because they were getting so just wacky with what they were, <laughs> they were doing, you know, in a good way. Um, but, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, yeah, hopefully, I, I don't know what their relationship's like. You might know better than me on that.
4: Well,
0: I yeah, I think, I think the only thing I could intuit is that I, I think Dante would have liked to work on Ferrari because Dante's mm. a Ferrari guy. You know, he's like I used to get the Ferrari yeah. magazines when I was a kid. So the fact that he's using Eric Messerschmitt, it might just be because of digital photography. Who knows? Messerschmitt obviously has yeah. worked with demanding filmmakers like David Fincher.
3: So to say the least,
0: yeah. To say the yeah. least, and and making a and period, he's, movie. he's he's great. He's
3: the shit. He's good. Um, you know, kind of a great guy to come in after Channel with Fincher so Yeah, he's. But yeah, we'll we'll see, man. I'll be following. I'll be looking for every little morsel.
0: <laughs> ditto i i i and it is going to fuel the movie making internet and whether twitter still exists whatever the next uh social media platform that everyone jumps on like those casting announcements dropping on places are going to be lit they are going to be crazy totally. That concludes this final fantasy cast episode of One Heat Minute. Thank you so much to my amazing guests Justin Lieberman, Noel Schwartz, and of course Chris Tapley. They were amazing. If you want to see more about what we're doing, check out oneheatminute.com for everything on One Heat Minute Productions, including our upcoming shows Podcaster and Commander, Pod Thomas Anderson, and more. Of course, Miami Nice is back this year. The Blues Brothers is back with our Imprint Companion podcast, talking all things imprint and physical media. If you want to reach out to us, mail at oneheatminute.com. If you want to support us, patreon.com forward slash oneheatminute or just hit the Patreon link at the bottom of our homepage on our website. You can check that out. Help us out and you can join our Discord and uh, chat to us all the time. This is the final One Heat Minute for a little while. But we will catch you on another episode of One Heat Minute around the corner.
4: You know, and it feels like such a 20th century movie. It feels like something David Lean would have done or tried to do uh, when he still had that kind of currency. And even then he might not have succeeded. It's incredible because like if if you don't have time to watch all five seasons of Lost, you can just watch Fearless. (laughs) <laughs> not a week goes by that i don't think of the ending of gallipoli it's left a mark a year of living dangerously uh you know and then something like last wave even that's so uh deeply embedded with the land and the story of the land the story of place you know i don't know that i'd seen very many movies at that point in my life that had such a down ending and they had such a you know sort of strong sense of folklore uh, 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 uh attached to it as that and something always so poetic and lyrical about Peter Weir's work. Gallipoli was the first movie that ever traumatized me, and I don't think I ever really recovered from it. <laughs> and I'm still upset that they played it in school. Like, I don't think it's actually possible to make an. they say it's not possible to make an anti-war movie, but I think Peter Weir pulled it off. Because yes. no one watches that movie than thinks, I want to go to war. Uh, Peter Weir is the greatest director that Australia has ever produced. Like, bar none, hands down. Like, no one else is even in the room. I think you have covered some really
5: titanic filmmakers and some really titanic films so far, but I I truly think what makes Peter Weir special and what makes you doing this one special is we don't talk about Peter Weir that way, and we should. Peter Weir is one of those guys who I don't get why he isn't a bigger name, why he isn't more in that rarefied air, yes. because I think film for film, he's one of our very best filmmakers. He has brought his a game repeatedly to many properties. There are films of his that I hold very dear. Fearless, uh, you know, uh, The Mosquito Coast. I will fight somebody if they talk bad about The Mosquito Coast. It's, man, I love that movie. But in general, I just think he is a special filmmaker, a smart, lyrical, um, hallucinatory filmmaker. He's a very dreamy filmmaker, and I don't think he gets his due.
4: You know, Master Commander is one of my all-time favorite movies. Uh, you know, it's, it's uh, e- easily one of the best movies of the last 20 years. It's, uh, uh, at, you know, it's a grand scale, there's a historical backdrop to it, but at the same time, there's a, such an intimacy in the relationships. Uh, which I think is not just a great film and one of the last great epics, in the truest sense. Um, I, I think is actually kind of a sliding doors, change point moment. In, in cinema history. I think 2003, when that comes along and it is a an old fashioned, you know, we don't make them like that anymore type film. I think if Master and Commander spawns a franchise at that point, the entire cinema landscape globally is completely different. That That's the movie that I wanted to see 10 of those, you know? Yeah, uh, and, yeah I know they are big fans of Fast and Furious and everything, but God bless you, but Master and Commander <laughs> should have been. It's one of those things, again, I am not not a seafaring man, sir, (laughs) but there is a sense of authenticity. There's a sense of really watching a, a genuine dedication to recreating history unfold on a big screen in front of you that can't help but inspire just genuine admiration and awe.
5: If you're gonna pick a film where he really brings every one of his skills to the table, it's Master and Commander. I think you picked the right one, man.
4: Yeah, very excited to see what you you pull you pull out of this blake
0: that's right our next series is peter weir and russell crowe's master and commander the series is called
4: podcaster
0: and commander
2: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
5: Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country,